0: It also is like, well, all these guys are doing the same thing. Why should I do the same? And that's where it really starts, right? With any of this thinking, it's like um, everyone's doing the same thing and I could just be one, in, one of the sheep in the crowd or actually I could try something a bit different, you know? I'm good. I'm good. I've got my coffee. I'm primed. It's day two of being outside of lockdown. Yeah. So in the office. So it's good to be back. Good to be focused. Uh, yeah. it, it, it's hard to focus for me at home. So um, yeah, I like to separate my work and my living. You know, I, I like to have a very clear line. So mm. that ability to just leave the laptop in the office and just walk away. Is really important and not having that during the corona sort of period has been a bit tough but it's good to have that distinction back again
1: mm. um, that's that's great to hear man let I think that's a good place to start as well because mm. I certainly learned a lot from you about focus, discipline, keeping on track um, and uh, I'm, I'm you know I respect you hugely for your abilities in that um, domain of like mental fortitude skills I don't know uh, the question is what do you do when you lose track of focus how do you get back on track when you lose moment for, for momentarily um, the priorities are not clear for, for whatever reason what's your go to do you have any um, personal kind of ways that you get back on track
0: look I, I think this is Yeah, this is so different for each person, but mine is a little bit strange. Like I, you know, everyone has that little inner dialogue person Mm. that is inside them and that is talking to them. Uh, And it's quite weird because you don't know if you're sounding like, I don't know if I'm sounding like an absolute psychopath or something. I've got some massive uh, issues, but like the that's one thing that's always been with me. So if I am being slack or if I'm down or if I'm, you know, like moping around about something or unhappy about something, um, there is just mentally a voice that kicks in and says, OK, enough. You know, like you, I just, I, there's something just inherently just just says, OK, enough and then get on with it. Like and it's quite weird because when I see other people, that are in similar situations I say that to them you know so like (laughs) and they might will be like Krishna you're such a mean guy like you're just absolutely not (laughs) empathetic to my situation or whatever it is but it's funny because that's how I deal with myself yeah Uh, and quite literally I uh, you know there is a voice which comes from I don't know where and it just literally says okay Krishna get your shit together let's go let's get on with it. And that's when I get up from whatever I'm up to and then I get on with doing stuff. But yes, it is is a very hard thing. And like, um, sometimes it's not as straightforward as that, you know, even though there is a voice in the back of your head saying, okay, come on, get up. Like you literally getting up as well is again, a different thing. Um, And uh, Sophie always calls me out on this and she's noticed a pattern (laughs) with this as well. Uh, where I um, I do kind of linger about, lounge, you know, kind of a little bit and try and get into the mood, into the swing of things. But once I'm in the swing of things, it's okay. But it's just literally that transition period. I go from, yeah, I guess it's like quite phased, like, okay, Krishna, mm. that voice kicks in, get up and get on with things. And then there's a bit of lounging period, you know. It might take like a few hours or something like that, and then I'm into it, you know. So it you sounds really strange <laughs> to talk about this. Thing, you know? But that's just how I operate. Oh, it's just weird. Yeah.
1: Have you always had that voice? Yeah. As long, for as long as you can remember? As
0: long as I can remember, I've always had that voice. Like, is it your, your
1: voice? Or is it like...
0: No, it know? is my voice. It is my own voice. Yeah. It, it's, it sounds really strange. It sounds really strange. And quite often when I'm, uh, I, I'm speaking, that voice will interject or argue with me while I'm speaking, which is quite weird because like, even sometimes, you know, I'm talking to you and I'm like, Oh, I should really tell Hans, blah, blah, blah. And it's simultaneously that voice is arguing with me saying, dude, like why are you telling him to do that? You know, that that'll change something. Like, you know, like I'm having a conversation with myself simultaneously while trying to articulate something. And it's very annoying. It's very, very annoying because it's almost like having this, other person in your brain mm. arguing against you <laughs> when you want to do something which, which kind of dilutes <laughs> the end result so sometimes you, you'll see me I don't know if you've noticed like I'll say something it'll not make much sense and then I'll just completely switch and talk about something else uh, and Sophie's called me out on this a number of times and I've caught myself doing this a number of times where I'll be talking about something and all of a sudden I'll just jump to just talking about something else um, and that's a really weird track. That's the downside of having this voice <laughs> in your head, I guess. Uh, it's good, it's uh, good, and it's also incredibly distracting. And there's there's a very,
1: yeah. Wow, that's 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 pretty fun. I have a similar voice, except it just comes out in a completely different... It never comes out in that manner. It's always <laughs> like, I'm, I'm always like seeing a gap and going like, yeah, you can jump over it. You can make it. Just do it, just go. <laughs> that's, that's my voice, but... Uh, but uh, the question was about getting back onto focus, right mm. that voice i think i to to me it sounds like a cue mm. to get back mm. on something mm. but what if you don't know uh what if the priorities are not clear? Do you know what i mean
0: yeah look I, i'm i'm a I'm a big fan of lists like I make lists in terms of prioritizing mm. things like there's lists and sometimes you kind of, there's no point fighting in something that you really, really don't want to do. Like, it's, it's very hard, but what I do is, I make a list and I say, hey, these are the easy things, it literally will take me a few seconds to get them off, and straight away, you're 50% of the way through the list, and you feel good about that. Um, and so it's kind of like you're tricking yourself, you, yeah. you, you make yourself all the things you got to do in the day, and there'll be a ton of them, you know, um, and some of them might be as simple as just saying, uh, replying to an email or you know which is probably three words like yep all good you know sometimes it's all it takes uh, or you know just uh, transferring some funds or whatever it is You just get it done and straight away you're 50 60 70 percent through the list and you're like oh man sweet ass and then there'll be the sort of the chewy annoying things but because you've sort of completed that Top end of the list, you feel good about it, that gives you enough momentum to at least tackle one or two of those things. Um, even if you don't complete all of it by the end of the day, that's okay. But if you're 90% of the way through, hey, you've done a pretty good job. Or if you've managed to tackle one of those big, chunky, meaty tasks, which are really annoying, and mm. you know, um, then I'll take that as one.
1: <laughs> nice. You, know? you also recently said to me, Oh, I, I heard you give this advice to someone. Just get three things done. Where did that come from?
0: That actually um, came to me kind of recently, since, um, you know, sort of jumping onto mass full time and trying to run the business. And in the beginning, there were a lot of things, you know, there were a lot of things to take care of, and, you know, there's a lot of administrative stuff. At the same time, you're also trying to output work uh, and deliver work. Um, and you know it can all get really overwhelming and at the same time you know it's important to spend time with your family and spend time with the Mm. people around you and make sure that uh, you're not overcooking yourself you know mentally and physically you know so I I just made a really simple rule to myself it's like start your day by just Mm. trying to get three things done and one of them might even just be going for a run you know, mm. um, like you might think like that's a really odd thing, no. but like you know, it's it's mm. sometimes just having those three things and going okay, if I get these three things done, I've already won the day. Uh, and they can even be something really mundane. It could you know it'd be like going for a run, um, making sure you have dinner and, and cooking a meal, and the third thing might be something like um, finishing a couple of slides on a presentation or whatever it is, or working through a presentation and putting. Or working out the frame for a skeleton for a presentation or something like that that's you know kind of a typical kind of thing to do and if you get those three things done you've actually progressed that forward Mm. quite a bit and to be honest those three things I get them done pretty quickly if I go in with that expectation Mm. of just those three things um, I've set the bar fairly low like it's like setting myself up to win right Mm. and then I usually do more than that but it doesn't feel like I've not achieved, in, you know the mm. things I've set myself out to do. So like, there'll obviously be small things like sending emails or whatever it is, but it feels like bonus round. You know what I mean? Mm. I've done my workout. I'm still feeling good. I still got, I've still yeah. got a few extra punches in me. So you know, a you got bonus round. I got nothing to lose. I've won the game already. So what I got to lose? Yeah, sure. I'll get these done. So tomorrow I'll not have to worry about this bonus round. You know, like I'll just get it done. Um, Yeah, it's like sometimes when you run, at the end of the run, you still feel good, so you're like, oh, I'll just do another lap, you know? It's that kind of feeling that you get. So I guess, you know, this is actually the first time I'm thinking about all of this. It's kind of like, yeah, it's really about small mechanisms to set yourself up to win, really. Mm. Um, And you do that enough. And uh, yeah, you kind of feel good about it.
1: It's kind of, as you're describing, it kind of reminded me of how you feel, you know, at the very end of a Super Mario stage, you get that you get that hill and then that jump to the flag, yeah. and you know there's like nothing, there's no enemies there. Yeah. Yeah. But as soon as you see those steps, you're like, oh, it's finished, mm. and um, all that becomes is like, oh, how 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 high can I jump? Mm. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it's cool. Um, you know, you're obviously a hard worker. You know. Um, <laughs> When you hear the word success, who's the first person that comes to mind?
0: Gosh, Um, the first person that came to mind was actually my mum, funnily enough. Um, And that's, uh, yeah, there's a a lot to say in terms of her resilience and kind of uh, raising a couple of kids in a foreign country by herself with not much English under her belt. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's it's amazing what mums can do under a bit of pressure. So whenever, I, yeah, if I think of success, I think she did well uh, to raise me and my sister. Um, but uh, I, I guess in a professional context, um, success, there, there are a few people that come to mind when I think of success. Um, for one, uh, my boss, when I was at, uh, in Amsterdam, when I was working there for an um, infrastructure company, uh, and I just really appreciated the way that she managed her staff, um, and the way she interacted with them, there was a mutual sense of respect between her as the manager and the staff around mm-hmm. her. Um, and to me I thought that was uh, you know like I, I thought that was quite um, quite an admirable trait like the staff always felt like she had their back mm. uh, you know going into meetings or anything like mm. that uh, the client would put you under pressure or the project manager would put you on a bit of pressure but you know if you were struggling straight away there was a response from her mm. you know to, to back you up um, so she always had your back and I guess uh, to me, that was a sign of really successful leadership. You know, like she, she was a really good leader. She had the back of everyone in the team and she led the team really well. Um, and yeah, there's a lot, a lot of traits that I, I look back and I go, gosh, I, I really want to copy paste some of these onto me, you know, as you know. Um, As I progressed through my career Uh, and then there were I mean there's there's a lot of aspects actually a lot of dimensions to how you would talk about success Um, I also look at my uh, my grandparents my granddad in terms Mm -hmm. of success like I mean at the end of the day uh, he was a farmer right but he farmed really well you know Mm -hmm. he was sort of known for his farming skills uh, in the village and he was always cracking jokes, and he was a really funny guy. Mm. And and I think that's quite successful as well. Like mm. he, he was content uh, in what he did, and you know he had achieved, you know, sort of things in life. He wasn't, um, yeah. He, he he didn't he didn't have that crazy aspiration or that mm. continuous need for more and more and more and more. And he was an incredibly jovial guy. Um, And to me that's a that's a sign of success as well Mm -hmm. um and then you also see uh craftsmen like really really uh really amazing craftsmen or people that understand the use of materials you know i'm thinking of actually one of my colleagues uh from here in auckland and he he really knew his his metals, how to put materials together, um, and you know how how to come up with certain details and attention to attention to small junctions and joins and you know that kind of thing. And that only comes after such long years of being in the industry and observing constantly mm-hmm. and having an eye for that kind of detail. So to me, he was very successful in terms of profession there as well. So you know, so in terms of like that triangle of sort of that leadership dimension, um, craftsman dimension, and sort of like, I guess, mm. life dimension, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, there's, yeah, there's things, to, there's slices I'd like to mm. take out of each of those little stories, and people that I meet, you know? And, uh, yeah, put them together. and
1: Man, I, I don't think I've ever heard you mention these people, uh, it's really, Interesting for me, like I feel like you know, I've been I've been sitting next to you for the last year, and I feel like oh, I know Krish, but uh, no, this is this is really cool. And the the first three people that you mentioned, um, it was interesting to me that the reason why you uh, mentioned them, it wasn't just it, it it had a lot to do with this idea of community and the environment that they. Uh, bring with them when they're in in the room or um, when they do something, um, and it's you know often we feel like I I I feel often everything's like a race and it's like the hundred meter sprint, mm. you know. You can you can look at a day like that, you can look at a life like that, you can look at a career like that. But with with everyone, well, well, as you're talking, I got this sense that it's more it's more of a relay it's it's more of this relay situation where it's it's, it's bigger than just you it's like as a, you help to push take the baton just one more step you know and you do that well and you pass it on and um these people who uh who do that well um and in that process like give the next person like hope and some momentum you know and a push you know dimensions that you'd never think about in like a single person race it's kind of um the images that i got
0: yeah i mean the thing is like you you never have one person that is a master of everything Mm. you know what i mean and the dimensions that you think are the best qualities of you are probably the qualities that are not Not probably not the qualities that the other person is absorbing from you. It's probably a very different dimension. Mm. It is. uh, It's a weird um, thing that you know. For me, anyway, like I like to um, copy small lessons from everyone that I I meet. You know, it's like okay, whether it be like you know a good trait or a bad trait. You know, I mean that's a very sort of you know it's a scale thing it depends on where you want to sit on that but um, you know like lessons someone will tell you you know and you kind of go okay I should not do that mm. you know I should not do that that person already went through that lesson I should not repeat that mistake mm. you know or um, someone did that really well I should do that you know or I should emulate that in some way or that's a lesson that I can take on board mm. so you know whenever you have these sort of more philosophical conversations with people, and they open up and they tell you stories. There's always a moral in that story. And even as a kid, I was always obsessed with stories. You know, like I love I love a good story. I still love movies. I love, you know, um, listening to people's life experiences. And you know, they're really fascinating to me because there are small lessons within that that you can add to your own um, sort of script mm. in some way and respond to situations. They almost become reference material mm. for decisions that you make, you know, in some mm. ways because, yeah, there's never gonna be that one, like, because coming out of university, I thought, hey, there'll be that one person that will teach me the mastery of this thing <laughs> called, <Yeah. laughs> called life. There'll be I'll, be, I'll be like in a game, kind of like an apprentice, and yeah. then someone will teach me the mastery of architecture, for example. And very quickly, you realize that that is not the case a like I kind of struggled to find uh, you know a single mentor Mm. uh, like that uh, for a number of reasons you know because of life and so on and so forth moving around and all that sort of stuff but you very quickly realize that you have to piece together a lot of lessons um, you know if we're talking about specifically mm. about architecture it's usually your colleagues that you learn from and you learn different things from different colleagues and there are contradicting ways about doing mm. things and you have to make your own decisions mm. um, so very quickly there is this idea that there's going to be this one person that will bestow this mm. tome of knowledge on you and you'll become the master of that craft has got diluted very quickly once I came out of university
1: and, and, it's, and it's up to you to do that, right? Exactly. Yeah,
0: Yeah. exactly. So, um, yeah. So the, the thing I can recommend the most is go out there, talk to a lot of people. It's okay to have conflicting or contradictory ideas, um, you know, and make your own opinions and craft your own script in your own world or whatever mm. it is, because that is the pathway. Mm. Like if you're lucky, you know, some people are absolutely lucky to have that one person that will teach them everything Mm. you know that they know Uh, and that suits certain people you know kind of thing Um, but I guess I'm not one of those people (laughs) you know like um, because I like to talk to many people and then make my decision based Mm. on that. Yeah.
1: So moving from like uh, the more philosophical as you say, mm. to uh, completely practical mm. uh, knowing that knowing everything that you know now if you woke up tomorrow with no money no connections in a new city it's still 2020 mm. right uh, how, how would you how would you go about, what, what would you do what would your actions be like general strategy be to kind of uh, climbing climbing that Ladder again.
0: Am I the same age?
1: You're the same age.
0: I'm the same age. I've literally just been smacked in the head and I'm woken up.
1: Yeah, you have all your knowledge. You have all, you've learned all your lessons. Yeah. You just don't have money or connections.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's an interesting one. Um, and how would I then start Yeah, would you do the
1: same thing? Like, would you go into architecture, go to go, go to uni and, um, you know? Um, go about it that way.
0: Well, no, because I already have a, <laughs> I already have the knowledge from university, or what I can get out of uh, you know yeah uh, from that period of my life at university. I, yeah, I've learned some things. Now it's that phase of my life yeah. where I want to practice. Right, that's where I'm at. So in that sense, I would look at opportunities for practice. But then, I imagine it'll be uh, a building block sort of stage. You know, so. Um, Cover your bases first of all. Make sure there's a roof over your head and you've got enough food in your stomach. Because without those two things, uh, you're not going to um, you're not going to be able to think straight. You know. So cover your most basic needs, and then build forward. So like, I would you know if I had to, I'd pick up a hammer, i go work in a farm, I'd do whatever I needed to do to achieve that. That's step mm. number zero. Like, make sure you can survive in this world. Right. Uh, And then you will start to have the mental clarity in terms of what directions, what opportunities. Then it becomes about proving your skills or your value to the person next to you. Uh, Sorry, uh, to the industry or to wherever you want to get hired or wherever you want to practice and work. Um, And then you move to that next level. So it's about demonstrating that you have the skills to complete those things. And one of the things that's actually quite interesting is Programming Programming is a, a really interesting discipline because it's one of the few areas where you can say, look, I can do this and you do it, you know, you, dem- you demonstrate mm-hmm. it, uh, that you can do this and then you get paid, you know what I mean? Like it's, it, it it's. If you can do it, you get the job. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's no qualifications. There's 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 not necessarily like that whole... um, I mean, in some instances, there might be some of this sort of requirement for qualifications and stuff like that. But predominantly, say for example, someone says, hey, can you build me a website? Uh, And you say, yes, I'll do this website and it's going to cost you X amount of money. You build the website, you get paid. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, And I think that's probably where I would start in terms of like... It's a discipline which is very transaction-y, you know, yeah. like in a way, you, you know, you write the code and then you get paid, you know. Um, with, there, there isn't, um, I mean, I'm, I'm really simplifi- oversimplifying this, but um, yeah. again, there's a voice in my head saying, Krishna, <laughs> you're just, just kind of like, yeah, you know, glancing over a whole lot of stuff. But um, that's where I would start. I, I can't seem to articulate why, but I think I would start there because um, it's less subjective Mm. I guess I think that's the reason given my current skill sets out of all of them it's less uh, subjective and less how do you call it um, prone to a lot of uh, subjectivity you know Mm. Uh, it's a very uh, it's like mathematics like you know it's just kind of like this is what it is Mm. yep I've done the job Thank you very much mm. that's where it is I, and yeah. yeah and then both from
1: there yeah I really enjoyed your your answer because I think most people would think of the endpoints mm-hmm. you know oh I'll probably um, work as an architect or you know um, try to achieve this end goal, but yours is much more uh, it, it almost be it almost get the sense that the uh, the job descriptions are kind of not important to you. You're just gonna do what's inherently interesting to you and passionate about while giving people value. And the, the job description of what you might be called or what the profession might be or the industry might be, because you didn't at any point mention any of those things. You know? Mm,
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, like I, I think at the end of the day, it's like, I mean, <laughs> you're in 2020 now, what does a certain title actually mean, you know, like, uh, you know, what does an architect mean, you know, like, um, you, know, so, you know, a lot of architects can, can code now, you know, they're, they're bridging the gap between programmer and architect, and a lot of architects are now doing a lot of uh, uh, simulations and, you know, finite element studies and so on and so forth, and the, a lot of architects are working with robotics. You know, are they mechatronics engineers? Well, not quite, you know, so it's kind of people are in this sort of fluid state where they're absorbing more than one skill set, you know, and you have to. You, in 2020, you, you have to be one of these T profile people. Mm-hmm. Like if you want to explore any of your ideas, you need to have an insight into a different discipline. That is I think it's absolutely fundamental. Um, you can no longer just sit in a singular silo and be like I'm not gonna move anywhere, I'm not gonna Mm. connect or interface with any other discipline because it it just the world doesn't work like that anymore. Mm. Um, The world expects you to have these reach out and connect with all these things Mm. so in that sense um, you're you're wearing multiple hats simultaneously Mm. you know so yeah I guess that's probably why the reason I didn't reach for a single Mm. sort of discipline I just went out of my skill sets what is the easiest mm. pathway, like you know, a river finding a route through mm. a valley or something like that? You know, what is mm. the easiest pathway? And if the end goal is then to reach a state where you're a value, uh, you know, to your family, to your community, you know, and then even at a bigger scale than that, um, then it's really about just carving that pathway through that mm. and using whatever skill sets. And if you have to learn new skill sets, then do that. You know. Mm.
1: Just yeah. double clicking on that the state of the architectural industry, um, as you were saying just then, is, is that kind of future consistent with your observations at the moment? Do vast do the vast majority of architects practicing at the moment do you feel like they're exploring this other side of things? Because for me, certainly uh, I, I, I'm I'm with you in, in, in that in the direction of things and what how the profession or people in this industry might have to evolve to solve the next generation of problems better. But I feel like uh, my observations are that a lot of people are not exploring that area. What's, what's kind of been, what's your Look, take on that? As,
0: as with any, any discipline, right? There will be a subset of this um, group that are exploring the sort of French subjects. No, and I think um, moving forward, these are the groups of people that will add um, value back to the community. They will, you know. Um, it's actually, I was I was thinking about this yesterday when I was writing uh, something, and you know, it's very much um, sort of these this group of people that are exploring new ideas, and when they're put out there, people it'll be very alien. Mm. Like what the hell, you know, what are you thinking, mm. kind of thing. Uh, or in some places it might be just shock and awe kind mm. of thing, right? Uh, and then eventually it'll go through a phase of uh, normalization. So a lot of, peop- a lot of people will be experimenting with the same things, the tools will become more widespread and more accessible. Um, and then people go, oh okay, I kind of understand where you're coming mm. from, I-, I see where you're coming from. Uh, and then eventually it'll become the new normal. You know, it'll be everyone's using these tools, it's the norm. I mean, it takes something as simple as CAD, for example, right? Uh, back in the day when all the architects were uh, drawing on pen and paper and, you know, doing revisions uh, in a uh, traditional sort of uh, drafting board, you know, mm. scratching things out and uh, working things. Beautiful drawings, you know, a lot of craft, a lot of years of training goes into doing that kind of thing. Um, and then CAD kind of arrived, you know, and, and I was looking at some magazine the other day. Well, oh, it was actually, it's not the other day, it was like a few months ago, I think it was at the Barbers or something like that. And then I opened this magazine and there was a uh, photograph of a guy with like one of the really early sort of CAD systems. Yeah. And it was like this chap in front of a gigantic computer and it looked sure. like he was drawing a few lines and it yeah. just looked like the most basic plans, you know, kind of thing. Um, those were the early adopters you know the yeah. sort of the people to experiment with this technology and kind of become champions of this mm. technology and now it's like what are you doing if someone <laughs> is sitting in front of a drafting table you're kind of like bro like what are you up to uh you know uh, it's it's yeah so it's, it's really um it's really part of this evolutionary cycle you know mm. of um you know where it goes from this sort of shock and sort of alien kind yeah. of Feel uh, to sort of normalization, everyone starts using it, and then it comes into the state of like, why are you not doing this? Like, you know, it just makes so much sense. Mm. So, um, yeah, and uh, and I think that's the sort of uh, litmus test of any kind of uh, technology is is that can you actually develop something that will go through all of those phases? Mm. If it does, then you've actually created a true uh piece of innovation you know for the industry so you
1: know. it's, it's it's funny because I, I know that we recently hired an artist in, in in wellington to do one of our more architectural project renders mm. and uh that's that's it almost seems like that bucks the trend
0: yeah yeah it's funny like again there is this within that subset you know you, everything has become normalized uh, and you want to stand out from the crowd, you know? Mm. So where everyone is doing these fancy uh, slick renders, Unreal has just recently Mm. unveiled its new Unreal Engine, everyone's doing these real-time graphics and uh, brilliant renders, photorealistic renders. Um, And you're like, well, I could put out another photorealistic render there, but then how about I actually get an artist to interpret my architecture and what would that come out looking like? Mm. And to me, that's a much more interesting. I mean, for me, it was a more of a personal thing to actually work with an artist to actually uh, develop some uh, some illustrations. But um, it also was like, well, all these guys are doing the same thing. Why should I do the same? And that's where it really starts, right? With any of this thinking, it's like, um, everyone's doing the same thing. And I could just be one in, one of the sheep in the crowd, or actually I could, try something a bit different, you know, um, yeah. Mm.
1: Uh, that's, that's it for me, man. That's it for me. Um, you brought, you brought something Mm -hmm. with you that you want to talk about, Mm -hmm. uh, trying out new formats. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, what, what what do you have for us? Well, what's on your mind?
0: What's on my mind? Okay. Um, it's, it's, really, it's really interesting returning back to the university environment after being out of it for almost a decade. Um, you go back to it with, with, with a very different lens uh, than when you were at university. Mm. Um, and you know, you're now starting to engage with essentially your past. You know, a, a lot of the students, I see them and I'm like, man, I I am you, basically. (laughs) Uh, And and you're just like, I just wish I could take my brain and sort of dissect the nice bits of it Mm. and give it to you and just upload that information to you and you'd be like a super version of that. You you really want to give, you know, like you really want to uh, take all your experiences and you just want to be like, hey, take this and run with it. Um, And yeah I, I guess my 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 question to you is like how have you found it going back to university after almost a decade and you know what what are the some of the the great things and some of the challenges and um you know have there been any modulations to your approach to teaching these kids
1: oh man <laughs> that's a big question i know <laughs> yeah it's 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 a big question i i think Coming from a family of teachers, there's a lot of teachers in my family, I I kind of understand I can empathize with them more now and that, you know, it's like you can't just give them the answer <laughs> because they're not like it's <laughs> it, the answer is only half the, half the equation, you know, almost. Um, and. It's, it's almost like when you, when you try to convince anyone of anything or you try to teach anyone about anything, um, you know, that's they need to be in the right place. It's, it's almost like we, we talk about luck a lot. What is, what is being lucky, right? And, you know, I, I get the sense that it's someone telling you the right thing, but at the same time, you being in the right place place to hear that message, and you need both, right? So a, a lot of, a lot of uh, you know, um, kind of the approach um, and attitude that a lot of teachers in my family to their students took had a lot more patience, way more patience, you know, because I'd be seeing how, how pe- people teach and I'd be like, why don't you just get them to do this this way, and then they can get this far within the same time, not this, you know, but um, so I think, uh, I, th- I think that the exp- experience is definitely um, kind of teaching me about, about that and just get, getting to, um, you know, coming to peace with that, you know, then, okay, let's see what we can do here um, with these guys because they are there to learn, you know. Um, and the other thing is just, as you're saying, yeah, they're in the same place as I was 10 years ago, but at the same time, it's a different place. Twenty twenty yeah. is a different place. Yeah. You know, um, I some of these some of these students coming in first day talking about Black Mirror. You know, first day talking about three D scanning and you know like bio and all these kinds of crazy ideas. You know, I remember um, Ross Stevens um, at at, at VEC. Um, one of the first kind of interactions with him and the students. He was telling us, think about what if, what if in the future, instead of, you could plant trees that grow shoes, <laughs> you know, and, and I'm just going like, man, what? like, zero connection, like, just, <laughs> what are you talking, to- I'm just going to draw cards, man, like, <laughs> you know, uh, but to these, to these students, I don't think that'll sound like that alien, mm-hmm. you know, so I think, I feel like their starting point is for a lot of these conversations are very different, um, And so I I can't um, yeah like um, I'm actually having a lot of fun learning from them about the world that they see or the world that they they want to create because it's quite a different um, picture and I'm being surprised you know um, every day um, which is which which is good for me
0: Mm, mm. interesting interesting have you had to I mean. we've been teaching for how long now, it's coming up to 10 weeks yeah. now. Um, and has your teaching approach or style changed over those 10 weeks? Like from what you went in with and the way that you approach it now, do you think it's, it's changed or it's been the same?
1: Hmm. I think I think it's, it's kind of like you know, <laughs> it's a weird analogy. I'm just coming up with it right now. I'm like a boat, right? And I'm Kidding. just going to do the circuit, right? And um, I'm the same boat, right? So as I notice things, I, I'll co- change course directions and try to be different, try to be more efficient. But that's only within the framework of my current boat design, right? That's my limitations, mm. right? Um, and within the semester, I do. I'm doing my best um, with uh, with the with the with the current tools that I have. You know, without changing the boat. You know, but um, so um I, I I'd say that a lot of the improvements that I I'm, that I've made try to make um, in talking with the students, the resources I give them, um, you know, one-on-one help, what I say, how I behave in lectures, all these kind of things it's been incrementally changing um, with that key kind of uh, underlying lesson of patience. Uh, But before the the second semester, I feel like I'll have some time to get that boat back into the shed, right? And make a few more fundamental adjustments, you know? Mm. Put Mm. some hydrofoil stuff in there, you know? Mm. Put some different kind of sails, you know? And um, yeah, I don't know what that would be. How about you?
0: Uh, yeah, I think definitely. For me, um, I mean, before I did this, I was teaching um, at the architecture school and uh, that, was, that was a lot of fun. And I think um, coming in from the industry, coming in with um, certain things that you kind of take for granted, certain efficiencies that you take for granted, you know, you just, mm. you come in with a lot of assumptions, mm. you know, in terms of the skill sets that the student already has uh, and I think um, the studio that we ran was was quite ambitious in terms mm. of their requirement uh, and I think it has been a systematic I guess regulation of my thinking you know how I uh, you know I think I started at 80 <laughs> you know how do we start to then bring it down systematically until it's the right sort of temperature mm. or like you know the right sort of um, level for the student right. to operate at because yeah. they are not uh, they don't have the same reflexes or they yeah. don't have the same um, capability of outputting yeah. you know material and iterating through it and having the clarity of thought mm. uh, that you kind of take for granted you don't mm. you, you almost don't realize um, you know in some ways how quickly you're able to resolve this mm. like you know you put, Krishna from ten years ago and Krishna from today, and you tell them to solve a plan, you I, I can imagine Krishna from ten years ago would probably be struggling mm. uh, to solve some plans, uh, whereas for me, you know, I probably still would struggle, but like you know, maybe not as much, you know, yeah. kind of thing. I'm not trying to like uh, you know uh, gloat or anything, but I'm just saying like coming back into teaching. Yeah. Um, you forget that, like you you very much forget that and then you kind of go, okay, like I need to take a very different tact to um, give them just the right amount of push Mm. uh, and support and uh, intrigue their thinking enough Mm. to help them solve things a different way. Mm. Um, You know, and I think it's it's like for me uh, the equation has become quite simple, it's, you know, I, I normally go, okay, well this is what I want them to do And then I divide that by half Mm. and that's usually seems to be like kind of the the sweet spot Mm. or the half uh, like you know like a good point for them to reach Um, and yeah you know and for those who do want to really push Mm. the envelope and really you know of course more than happy to help Mm. you push that further Uh, but you know I think it's about making sure that the teaching has a certain pace to it Mm. Which is not going to uh, push them too hard, too quick. Because at the end of the day, there's so much when it comes to any any discipline, of course mm. there is, but like you know, within design or architecture, there is just so much mm. material, so many dimensions mm. to each of these topics, um, that you need to make sure that within the noise, there is a clear path, mm. you know, and a channel for absor- absorbing these things. Mm. Yeah,
1: it almost sounds like. You know, I like to think about in what environments when I learn best. It's when I can just touch the bottom of the pool, right? If it's way over my head and I'm in too deep, then either most likely I'm gonna drown or I'm gonna come through with some miracle fucking Got some some One Punch Man anime, (laughs) you know, (laughs) narrative, and just be the one out of a hundred students that kind of like okay, yeah, the chances are low, you know. (laughs) If you're in a kiddie pool and the water is just up to your knees, then it's just like, what is this a joke? Mm. You know. Um, Mm -hmm. So you you need to get that level right. And there's you know, sixty students in a room, right? Some like they're at different levels, you know. So what is that kind of what is that kind of level? 100% 100%
0: and you know like coming in from from practice to teaching at university you know I feel like my objective is actually very simple it's like um, how can I prepare you for that moment that you've got that degree in your hand and you start applying for your first internship or your job or whatever it is that you want to do Um, and just preparing you for that moment you know and just kind of going well okay you now have the basics to, um, you know, mm. sort of, um, uh, exist in this pool. Like you can you can paddle your way through and if you really wanna achieve mastery in a certain area, that's where your industry mm. professionals will take you, you know, and they'll build that rest of mm. your framework. Um, and it's just making sure that you have enough to, uh, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? When you float around in the pool, like the, um,
1: Buoyancy, <laughs> oh, buoyancy.
0: <laughs> But anyway, just kind of like um, you can you can kind of uh, yeah, kind of, you can never get mm. you know the water tread water. You tread water. That's mm. the word I'm looking for. You can tread water for long enough, mm. you know, with enough stamina, mm. that then you can achieve mastery. Um, I don't think at university you will achieve mastery. I think mastery will come from real world practice and mm. real world um, mm. training.
1: Mm. Yeah. The thing that I'm afraid of is getting this balance right of how much because I think if I don't think about it, my uh, my natural way of teaching would be to make the students in front of me more like me in terms of my interests, my skills you know even the the kind of tools that I would work use in the workshop or on the computer right mm-hmm. I would. I would definitely be biased to try to get them to see the world that I'm seeing in the way that I'm seeing it. Right. Mm. And I think that can't um, it's, it's again, it's a balance thing because you need that. You need some of that ego because like you are there for a reason, you know, with you're Krishna, you're not a machine, you know, and some of the things that you've learned, you've seen, you've, you've gone to kind of the, the industry kind of realm. Right. And you've learned some lessons. You got some scars, right? And the message: watch out for tigers, you know. Um, And uh, you you come back in, and you have to warn them about the tigers, right? But maybe, um, maybe like, they're not gonna go to the part with the woods. There's tigers there. You know what I mean? Um, So you need you need both. And I'm trying to kind of um, keep in the back of my mind that um, the ultimate goal is is for them to get self mastery you know understand kind of the the craft that they need to master more than just a straight this is what I think this is this is the picture of the outside world that you should have mm. download my picture hundred mm, 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 um, percent yeah hundred
0: percent yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, i'm I'm to be honest I'm very excited for these kids, you know like they mm. they' mm. They'll finish their course. They'll have, you know, the right exposure to all their tools. They'll make some good friends uh, within their class. Um, again, who'll go off to do really interesting things. Um, and these people, you know, they'll go and get internships at different places. They'll form their own ideas. Uh, and I just hope some of the seeds that were planted, you know, of continuing to push themselves and push the boundaries of their discipline, whatever they decide to go into, um, you know, that ethos stays within them. Um, And yeah, I guess that's the nugget that you just want to leave, you know, that seed, that's what you want to leave them with, um, and then off they go, you know. yeah.